0: Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne. We got our work cut out for us for the rest of the show to uh to match Holly.
1: No, we can't. Okay, let's it's just, one of those things you just can't you can't even try.
0: We'll just yeah, you can't even try. To live up to that. We'll uh we'll officially mail it in from here on in. <laughs> <end. laughs> well, oh, I mean Anthony can can match Holly. You think so? All right.
1: We'll lean on him. Come with. on. <laughs> there, he there he is. There he is. Speak of on. the
0: devil. Anthony Stewart, former NHLer, current Sportsnet hockey analyst, coming in Stewie. after Brett Hall. Stewie, how's
1: it going? We're good.
0: You got to follow Brett Hall. We we uh, we can't do it. We admit it. We're not that good.
1: Yeah, we, we just. How are you, man? Good. How do you score 80 goals in a year? How or 70 goals? How? He says he had a team of people, uh, namely his Anheuser-Busch guy who would drop beers off. That was his... That was his team. <laughs> like I play
2: with Ole Oken, and I always tell the story when he showed me his paycheck every yeah. two weeks. And he was like a 38, 48-goal guy where yeah. you couldn't even say nothing to him. He walked around in a robe every day. <laughs> you know, he'd chirp in the coaching staff, chirp with the a- management, and you couldn't say nothing. And he was a god, and that's only 38 goals. I cannot right. imagine so walking w- around the room at w- 60 goals. W- was that
0: a... F- a prorated five million dollar a year salary that you that, that paycheck you were looking at?
2: Yeah. So that was Florida, so there's no taxes. Yeah. So that was a good like two hundred and sixty thousand every two weeks. Every so two weeks. That was weeks. at five and a half million. So, so could you imagine now?
0: <laughs> when I got traded to Hartford, I think Pat Verbeek was the highest paid at one point one million. And I saw his check, it was in the stall, just sitting there. Yeah. Right. And it was like at the time, I think maybe about sixty, sixty two thousand dollars. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? At that time, I'm like, oh my god!
1: I was just now looking these up-
0: guys are a quarter of a million a year, right? Uh, every two weeks, or a quarter, quarter, yeah, a quarter of a million every two weeks.
1: I was just looking up Paul's career earnings. What do you? I mean, I can't find the exact total, but uh, fifty, sixty. Yeah, I'm gonna figure this out, Sammy, Maybe you can give that a look while so we're my chatting. My brother,
2: um, his contract with Colorado was a four-year, sixteen million con- a dollar uh, contract, yeah. four million per year. And uh, we didn't have a fax machine, so we had to sign it, and we had to go to Shopper's Drug Mart to fax it back. <laughs> and you should have seen the lady's face working at Shopper's Drug
1: Mart. <laughs> <laughs> fax this contract. So uh, what are you doing uh, later? Nah, it's, yeah.
0: it's always nice. Yeah. I used to, uh, I had a, back then I could have my uh, checks uh, automatically deposited. Yeah. And I'm like. No, I'm going to the teller. I'm going and, to the yeah. bank. <laughs> and, 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 and I wait for the cutest one available, right? <laughs> uh, I like to, like to deposit my two-week paycheck. I played
2: with Jay Bolmeister, and he used to drive me to the rink and pick me up. And he drove, like, a 98 pickup truck, like, GMC pickup truck. And he asked me to grab something out of the glove compartment one day. And, like, nine of his paychecks just, like, fell out. We so had nine paychecks that he didn't even cash yet. Just <laughs> sitting in the yeah, glove like, box. Yeah, I'll go to the bank one of these days when I get it. So nine paychecks. Probably millions of dollars.
1: Yeah. In- I'm like, you have to cash these. These expire after. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'll get around
1: to it. I'm like, you know, if one of these went missing, would it be a big deal? I, I just, you know, I don't know if you saw the thread from Chris Pronger today where he talked about, um, you know, a let's say a five-year contract for $6 million, a $30 million contract. What an NHL player today actually gets to take yeah. home. So from $6 million a year, he ran through all the expenses and escrow and taxes and agent fees and 30 housing. Cents yeah. <laughs> on the dollar. Yeah, he, he he was saying that maybe two, two and a half million of six would be what a guy would be left with for investments, which is obviously a ton of money. But his point was just that people see six and think it's six, and it may be a little different than that. I mean, I'm sure over your career, the, the your total career earnings is not reflective of what you left the NHL with. No, and I, and I know the common... Fan and common
2: folk don't want to hear that, but it's not a lot of money. And a lot of guys, there's a select few that, that can decide that they're going to retire on a beach. And I always talk about Nathan Horton. He'd be like, "If you don't see me, and you come back, and I'm gone, I'm on the beach yeah. with my boat, and I'm drinking pina coladas." But there's only a select few because you have all these expenses. And a family like myself, average career is four years. Yeah, where you know I only played 260 games. You know, when I signed my NHL contract, you know, I put $200,000 in a down payment on a house. And then I ended up in the minors the next year, you know, making, you know, $75,000. But my mortgage and my house expenses in Toronto are $7,000 a month. So I can see how it, you know, players can get into trouble. And the one thing that saved me was my brother making a lot of money saying, well, you know what? I'm relieving myself of this debt. You're going to start paying for the family. So um, I think there can be a better job in just teaching kids financial literacy because, you know, for me, I didn't really know the concept of money. We grew up on you know, $2,000 a month from the government. And I'm like, I got a million bucks. I'm rich, but yeah. it doesn't go a far way. So um, I wish there could be more programs out there, but just teaching these kids because everyone thinks you're going to play forever, but you can be the best of the best. And you're still done at 35. And if you have $5 million in the bank, you still got to live for the next 50 years. So what? You got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, and, right. That's I my give, takeaway.
0: got to do something. I give Chris Pronger full credit because he was a guy that's probably career earnings a maybe 125 130 I, I think the most
1: in nhl history yeah. no 110 if, to 125 not, right there and yeah.
0: yet he he's not doing it because he's rubbing anything in anyone's face no. he's actually educating people to a greater understanding and so, I, I i give him full credit
1: can i get a loan prongs yeah loan. so maybe. so like i give him a lot of credit because uh, he's not saying like anyone wants pity he's just saying this is you know people have it wrong but i will say there's like a little bit of a disconnect when someone makes as much money as Pronger has for a long time and what they think is normal. And he's like, you know, 111
0: million in his career, yeah. 111
1: for Pronger. Yeah. And you know, one of his things is like, you know, and then you got to have a car. So there's 75 grand a year. And then he just like carries on to the next tweet. It was like, well, hold on now. 75 <laughs> yeah. or 35. Yeah, we drive a car and it is not a $75,000 machine, but you know, I, I get the point he's making and it is interesting to see that curtain peeled back a little yeah. bit.
0: In the meantime, we'll slug it out here because you know and we're pissed off that Rogers took away the free coffee in the, in the, you know, in the foyer. And you know, I don't know how it on. is on the
2: radio side, but the TV side, Sam Constantino came, brought a brand new Nespresso machine. We're drinking coffee That's over out of there. That's Sam's pocket. Though. We, got, That's pizza the way po- we got pizza pockets over there Woo. and Kit Kat bars. Yeah, we're, we're living life over there. That's why I'm so tick. Hey. <laughs> the Kit Kats. So. That's uh great.
0: Leading with uh, Austin Matthews' run and uh, what to do in the next nine games, rest him, uh, let him play it out. Brett Hall said not a chance he wanted to come out of the lineup.
2: You know the players don't want to come out of this time of the season, and that's usually when you get hurt, when you take your foot off the gas and practices are easier. I think this is where you almost ramp it up where, yeah, if you're going to peel them back a bit, maybe get them into the 17, 18-minute mark and get maybe the fourth line. I know I'm the fourth-line advocator of, of the program here, but... Um, find a way to get them some more minutes, get them more responsibility, see where they fit going into the playoffs. So, but for Matthews right now, he's chasing history. And, you know, we're talking about Oveshkin and how great of a goal scorer he is. But for Matthews to be doing it now in 2022 post-COVID, and it just seems every time he's on the ice and every time he's touching that puck, it's where yeah. is it going? Where, how many goals is he going to score tonight when he had two against Montreal? We're like, yeah. he might get a double hat trick here. So <laughs> let him play because I think that momentum can now... Go into the playoffs where if he's playing at this level, a good two-way game, he can take over a series. I know it's about goaltending and specialty teams, but if Matthews is playing at that supreme elite level, he can win a game or two by himself, regardless of who you're playing.
1: Yeah. No, he it's it's a tough call. And like, do you think the the milestone stuff is important though? Like if they let's say they decided they did want to sit him out for a game and he's one shy of Ovechkin sixty five, which a lot of people kind of think is like the next one, could he get as many as Ovechkin's peak season? You know, should should that take precedent? Do you leave him in just to chase a record or? Yeah,
2: because that game off, you know, I think that really takes that killer instinct away from him, yeah. right? So like I said, get him, you know, give him, you know, seven shifts a period, but don't really now, you don't have to double stack him now on the power play for two minutes, you know, put him out there only for one uh, one segment because this, and I know we're talking to Toronto market, but this, this is special. <laughs> it's special. And if this was anywhere else, it would be give him the heart trophy yesterday. And, you know, for a guy that, you know, I have appreciation of scoring goals and the release. And, you know, we we're talking about a couple of years ago when Mike Badano said, easy, Stu, who are you to talk about this show? Like this release and the ability to score goals, like it's, it's special. And, and as a former player, I'm still a fan. And I'm still a fan of how he's doing it and not even getting excited. Just the casualness Sheets of coming out. Hey, yeah, I scored a goal. Cool, man. What's next? Yeah.
0: <laughs> last night, uh, any, any red flags, any concerns, or is it just one of those? They're 70 plus games now, a little fatigue. I have one they're, they're concern. Cramming, they're cramming games in because of the COVID, uh, 14 games last night. What, what did you see last night? Anthony? I
2: have one concern, and I'm going to show JB a picture here. This is on the fourth goal. Where is he going? (laughs) Uh, He's going for a change? Where is he going for a change? Yeah. And those details on some of those goals last night where there's the lack of the back checking, um, you know, there's not that compete in the D zone. Guys are sort of looking around. Those are the basics that you need to have shored up at this point of the season. So I can say, you know, I heard Sheldon Keefe's comments, but, you know, I think that's from a lot, not a lack of preparation, but. As a whole, I think they're taking their foot off the gas, so they're probably saying, "You know what? We're going to focus next uh, to Florida's next week or something like that." So I'm a, I'm not concerned, but those are the details now. If you have the Boston uh, Buffalo Sabres coming in and you know owning you in ozone possession and playing heavy and and running you out of the building, what's going to mm. happen now when you're playing? You know the track meet champions of the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Boston Bruins who've been there. So that's my only concern. But um, when this team is on and they've been on a lot more than they've been off. They're one of the best teams in the National Hockey yeah. League. So there's no panic because they're still fourth, fifth in the in the league. But, you know, those games, I, I remember if I was on for any of those three goals, it's, it's a big, big deal where you're getting brought into the office. What's going on here? You can't be skating away, going for
1: skates, especially at game, yeah. you know, 74 or three or whatever it may be. So they... You know, they've been doing, they've got to where they've got because of their offense and skill and, you know, all the talent of this team. Matthews is doing what he's doing. You've seen Zegras, obviously, is having his weird year. You're on the ice with young kids today all the time. What do, you, do you see a lot of this trickling down into the way that your kids want to play, the evolution of offense in the NHL? I was on the ice yesterday, and I'm coaching the 2013s next year. So I'm coaching uh, nine-year-olds next year. Oh, that's young.
2: And there was a kid out of the skate, and he brought his little brother who was, like, six years old. Like, he was below my kneecaps and he attempted the Michigan and I'm like there's no way and then after the game he's like did you see me almost do the Michigan and I was like, <laughs> I'm like there's no way you could do he's like yeah I can I did it last week so I'm like at six years old these kids are doing it and I'm yeah. amazed at just the skill the pure skill that these kids have and you know I talk to agents and I talk to teams and you know I'm coaching minor midget this year we just fell short of the OHL cup I'm like some of these kids are going to play at 18 years old because they are that tremendously skilled. So, yeah, they have to learn the good two-way game and all that. But just the pure skill where, you know, I'm supposed to be a skills coach, but I'm transitioning out of there because I'm like, I'm nowhere close to really what these kids are doing at full speed. And, you know, one of the kids right now, um, potential first overall pick in Malcolm Spence, like this kid is going to play in the NHL. This kid is going to be world juniors. And I can tell at 15 years old because just the skill and, we're talking about Michael Misa, who might get exceptional stats. Like these kids are stars, and I'm seeing it on a day to day basis, ice level. And I go from training, you know, Matt Nichols pros to training the OHL kids to training uh, the, the minor hockey kids, back to back to back. And some of the kids are more skilled than than right. They can go through the danglers. They can do the Michigan. They can do a Michigan with their knob, so they can flip it up with a Michigan with the stick reversed. Don't ask me how, but the, it's it's amazing. So I understand it because I made a living having to play that rough and tumble game and pucks in deep and fight and do all that. But I have a true appreciation for the skill of these kids. Cause it's the, the next generation. I can't fathom. They're going to be laughing at me in 10 years, looking at my highlights, look at Stuart's gear and look at that. He can't even skate. And I was a pretty fast skater. <laughs> yeah. So I can't, Wrap my head around the game in fifteen twenty years based on what I'm seeing now with these kids.
0: I think uh, coaching these kids or you know spending so much time with them, uh, you speak of their skill. It's it's a physical thing, uh, but what about mental now? What about uh, you know a fifteen year old with exceptional talent? Uh, are some, can you see already that yes, physically they may be there, but mentally they're not?
2: And that's an issue where now, if I'm Hockey Canada, I'm not trying to point the finger. You got to now work on these mental, mental health training because there's some kids now that if they don't get exceptional status, it, it kills them. It's failure. Yeah. It, there's nothing wrong with not being Connor McDavid. Right. Do you know how good Connor McDavid is? Like, I've seen it. It's, he's one of the best players to ever strap on a pair of skates. And I saw Connor McDavid in a ball hockey tournament game at 13 years old. And this kid was, I was that that. This kid's going to be one of the best players to ever play the game. So I think there's just too much pressure, too much emphasis on winning and being the best of the best. And, you know, I go back to my days. I was a star in junior. I scored 35 goals three years in a row. And, um, you know, I was drafted first round. And, you know, we were playing against Cal Clutterbuck. And we we're laughing at him, punching him. You're a plug. You're, and look at him. He's still playing. Right, So everyone wants to be the Mitch Marners, but what's wrong with being a Zach Hyman or a Cal Clutterbuck where these guys had great careers? Mm -hmm. And my brother at this time in his minor midget year wasn't even playing hockey. He was playing football. And he was a first-round NHL draft pick, played 700 games, where I was the minor hockey star. I had 100 points in 30 games in my minor midget year, 7th overall, 25th, only 260 games. So if they can focus on just being the best version of themselves as opposed to, I want to be the next it's 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 tough and that's a lot of pressure to put on a kid to be the next because mm-hmm. the, if, if you told a 15 year old kid what it takes to really be the best of the best going to sleep on time you know working on the skills i was laughing at eric Stahl. what are you doing going on the ice so early working on one shot from the top of the circle there and but when the game started that puck was going in the net yeah. meanwhile i'm in the showers on my way uh, to Bates uh sports bar there, so um, I love talking the minor hockey stuff. But again, just focus on what you control, having fun, but being yeah. the best version of yourself. Can I
0: just ask one more on, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on minor hockey because I find this stuff fascinating? Yeah. Is the message you you, you got to do it twice? You got to do it uh, once to your to your player and another one to the parents. Yeah, Great and, point. and and if you really want to get the message to your player. The twenty-three hours that you're not working with your kid, the parent hopefully is sending the right message. Yeah,
2: and and I have a lot on my plate, and I'll give somebody a million-dollar idea because I don't have the time to do this. But interview every single parent of all the star players the last fifteen and twenty years, and just ask them about development and pressure and their, uh, you know, what they did to get their kid to the national hockey league, and I guarantee you, you can draw. 10, 15 parallels per story and write a book about it. And this could be the parent's guide to creating the next hockey player. But none of it was, I wanted my kid to be the best. You know, I, we played in 15 tournaments in a weekend and we were doing it. It was, they had fun, they trained. Yeah. They had a skills coach here and there, but they were a, a multi-sport athlete. You know how many kids are the best hockey player I've ever seen, but they don't know how to bounce a ball. They don't know how to run track. They yeah. don't know how to jump. You know, I've, with Maddie Nickel two, three days a week, he's got to teach these kids how to jog, how to, jog. <laughs> how <Yeah>. to jump, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I'm sitting there like, he's like these are your kids. I'm like, uh, yeah, but they yeah. don't know how to even put their arms properly when running. And it's like when I played, I played volleyball. I played basketball in yeah. high school. I ran track and field. I went to off. So I think we can do a better job of creating athletes. Yeah. And that's something where the focus should be on as well.
1: For sure. And I think that serves you well in like those panic moments when you can't follow the team structure and you have to do something for yourself or make your own decisions as being able to be athletic. And um, I fully agree with that. So then it kind of brings me to a similar question, which is like, What do you think about a guy, about players who are stars their whole life in junior and then are asked to play a different role because it's the NHL? So I'm thinking about Matthew Nyes has been, you know, this guy for the Leafs and, um, you know, a star in college, and they want him to come here and be a part of this. But if he comes here, he's not going to play with Matthews and, and Marner. Yeah. You know, they're going to probably put him on the fourth line, you know, or at first I think, and say, you know, you're big, you're physical, whatever. You had that experience. What's it like when you're trying when they're asking you to play a way that you've never played before? Well, I think the player
2: dictates that, but if I'm nice and I'm his agent, I'm asking, well what happened with Brooks and what happened with uh, with VC and what happened with Trevor Moore and what happened with all these guys that were, you know, brought in to do that role and they're no longer here. So there's no real um, you know, pathway for some of these prospects to step in unless you're Marner, Nylander, mm-hmm. or Matthews, which these guys were top 10 picks. So, you know, what happened to Nick Robertson? And that was a player where, you know, there was a lot of expectations. I know he had his en- injury, but you got to be able to say, hey, where is my role? Where am I going to put me in a position to succeed? Because if I'm him, I'm coming into a high-pressure situation. If it doesn't go well, they are probably going to be pointing to me. <laughs> so yeah. I don't even want this right now. Yeah. but. Uh, I think for him, it's it's you're coming out of college where you're only playing thirty thirty five games now to step into a pro situation where it's eighty two games and it's the grind of the travel. I think you need a summer to really really prepare to get ready for that because you know for me you know I was a junior star but it doesn't translate. You know I started off as the fourth line and I'm looking around and I'm not fighting the I'm not fighting Brashear. Yeah. I'm not fighting Jody Shelley and the boogeyman looking at me saying he's going to break my teeth. I'm like I'm not doing that <laughs> and. I didn't do it enough, and that's why my role slowly diminished where I ended up from uh, fourth line to the press box to you know two-way contracts. So it's it's a tough way, but yeah. I think the organization and part of the player development is this is your role. We're going to ride with you. We're going to give you 20, 30 games to figure it out, and let's go from yeah. there. And that's I- why for a player like too. Nick Robertson, give him his yeah. 30 games, put him in a top-nine role, see what he can do, then assess afterwards as opposed to in and out of the lineup, up and down, and that's what happened to me. I was traveling from Rochester, flying in an hour before the game. Hey, you got to go and do something out there, kid. I'm like, I still got airplane legs. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I'm only playing seven minutes. Right.
1: Yeah, because yeah, you've done that too, Kipper. And I, I've seen, I was trying to think of there's some other, like, guys who play for the Red Wings. What's his name? But, you know, junior stars who they're like, all right, if you're going to stay, here's what we need you well, to McCarty do. McCarty
0: had a great career, and he played right. all aspects. He could, you could score. I mean, he's a... Right. A transition where uh, not a third or fourth. Sometimes he could find himself playing Mm -hmm. with Iserman uh, on occasion and he can skate. He was a first rounder, but he was tough as nails, too. Mm -hmm. He could bring it any which way. But Nye's, he knows that you mentioned he's not going to come in here and play with uh, Austin or Tavares, Mm -hmm. uh, but he will next year.
1: Yeah. And he knows Do you think that. so? Yeah.
0: Oh, no. A hundred percent. And yeah. he'll he'll have a better opportunity. McKayev will be gone by then. Someone will have outpriced the Leafs. Yeah. There will be more openings for him next year. He's staying. He's staying this year. And there's... Uh, I think it's kind of this whole kind of University of Minnesota thing. There's a second... Awesome place to there, go to There's <laughs> a, a second rounder uh, from L.A. L.A. Kings can't get him either. So they're all in cahoots, eh? They're coming back next year to win a championship. Yeah. And... He'll know this time next year maybe he has his national championship and he steps in uh, right away. I like it when the players have
1: the power and not the organization. Yeah. I like it. It's rare. Like, you got to imagine these guys have been out having drinks, you know, arms around each other after too many. Let's just do it. Let's come back, you know. (laughs) like.
0: And some of these – some of these families now have more money than, you know, Yeah, true.
1: That's another thing. More, wonder, more money. Oh, well, now,
0: it's not, NIL, he's he's not a motivation, million dollars on the right? table. Oh, it's like, well, deal. that's his inheritance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when
2: he turns 20, no, no, no. That's what his dad made last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. So right.
0: that's that. uh We all have different reasons for being motivated, uh, but his is, isn't uh, right there right now to, to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. And that, it's good for him it is, having yeah. having that strength to say no.
2: It but is. what's wrong if he goes down and has to play 15 games for the Marlies next year? What if he's if or we well, have Brett Hull. Right? I'm, I'm looking that.
1: at his career stats. Right, um, he scores 105 times or whatever in junior. Scores uh, over a goal per game in college. Then he plays in the American League. Yeah, he scored 50 yeah. times in the American League, like 20 he like years like old a player or, like or whatever.
2: Cole Caulfield, who came out of college, had some success. Goes in probably does not train yeah. as much as in the summertime. Yeah. You have to learn how but, what it's like to be a pro. But with Brett yep.
0: Brett wasn't nineteen yep. when he played in the American Hockey League. Right? How old is Brett? I think Brett would 21? have been 20? twenty twenty yeah. twenty two
1: maybe age. right. But yeah. it's it's
0: those are two two or three years to a nineteen year old are huge yeah yep. true right and that it's we're not talking about a senior yep we're talking about a freshman mm-hmm. so um that's uh, that you're in protective mode right now mm-hmm. you want to play 20 years don't worry about the f- the first one at 19
2: right just make sure you invest yeah so just how are you stronger stock how are you yeah. um
1: what do you want do you want to talk about uh Kane and uh Hartman last I night I do want to talk about that yes fascinating Sammy you uh still available back there or what I'm here. All right. So this is one you of those. You play the audio of them flipping the bird? Is an audio? I don't have the audio. We, we have, have the other <laughs> audio, though. We
2: have great audio. We have audio of them verbally flipping each other. So, the Stewie, this played out like when we played,
0: right? One guy goes after another guy. Another guy steps in for another guy. The next thing you know, everybody's in. Everybody ropes. Everybody rides. I loved it from both sides. Yeah. A Minnesota angle and an Edmonton angle. I saw
2: no wrongs from either side no, I saw the fine, and I'm like, do you not hear what the camera and the mics catch probably four or five times, like, uh, live yeah. to air where you hear what they're saying? Right. <laughs> they're saying a lot worse than, than flipping the bird, but uh, to be showing that emotion at this time of the year, that means it's going to be a really, really good emotional playoffs where guys are now starting to ramp it up. And, yeah. you know, say what you want about Evander Kane. He's dragging this team into the fight where it's a 5 nothing game or 5-1 game. Like, that could have easily been a nothing burger where guys just do the old hey, let me check for my wallet, give him a little bit of a bump, and that's it. But, no, this is, this is you know, real-time hockey right now. So yeah. uh, kudos to Hartman as well. Again, uh, but I think the refs now, you either got to break it up or let them go. Just let and that's go. the thing. When you're sort yeah. of half and half, that's how some guys get hurt. And you the, remember back in the minors, some yeah. guys, the yeah. ref had you and they got loose, they would pop you, they'd pop the ref. So I'm a little bit uh, worried about that just for the player they safety told, They are told,
0: they are told, do not go in alone, yep. which the, the official did mm-hmm. Uh, last night yeah he's trying to break up you cannot go in alone you are you are at the greatest risk of being hurt but ultimately it's you're not protecting it's it's their it's their call like they've 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 sent messages to these guys don't do that let them go Mm -hmm. but ultimately if they think that uh they can keep two guys from fighting and i don't know maybe it's maybe it's batman that wants them to go in there or they go you know? doesn't want
2: one and I go guy back i to yeah the, um, i don't know the simmons maroon situation that's why they gave them tens hey we're setting the tone right now we don't want this to get into a certain situation because those are two big boys and yeah some of those guys can hurt you really really bad you it's, not gonna, be, uh, it's though, not gonna right? be ridiculous Getting... like the whole kogan i'm gonna get you brother no it's <laughs> someone might go night night i don't think you want to see that yeah so
0: I think we got a clip. We'll go to a Kipper's Clipper uh, yeah. on Evander Kane, Kane. Kane first. Kane first on Ryan Hartman.
2: Yeah. No. Uh, you know, it took all five guys and uh, couldn't bring me down. So, um, it's it's yeah, it's uh, it's something. I definitely would have liked to get loose. Let's put it that way. You
0: know, over the top of Superman punch, there you don't see that too much. <laughs> yeah, that's what you know. These little guys, they, they want to act tough, but
2: they're <laughs> they wait for the linesman to come in. I wouldn't
0: be the first guy to wait for a linesman to come in.
1: <laughs> so that's great. And then they go to Ryan Hartman to get his take on it. Let's let's hear what Ryan Hartman had to say to the media. Yeah, you know, we don't want him in there. Uh, you know, he's he gave Krill a shot from behind on, on a very vulnerable spot. Um, you know, it goes to show we had five guys in there. They didn't have one guy in there to help him. Um, I don't think any of their guys are going to defend him.
2: <laughs>
0: Today's a good... Day for some of the Oilers to say, yeah, we, we'll defend them.
2: Yeah, but I think that's great that it took the the headline away from, hey, the Edmonton Oilers just had a stinker. It shows, hey, at least they had some fight. And if I saw the situation correctly, I think it was everybody going after Yamamoto, and that was Kane stepping up for his teammates, and Zuccarello going after him. So um, I like the passion. Um, that's the hockey. Those are the games I liked being in because it, it kept, kept you engaged. Yeah, it kept you engaged, but it keeps that momentum going. Uh, into the playoffs so they end up if they end up playing it's going to be a great great series and see what you want i always talk about evander kane he is a great player when he's focusing on hockey and he can change around uh a game or a series as well
1: yeah hartman doesn't want that action
2: though. no
0: (laughs) no but hartman's smart enough to know that you know evander's right I, i will get my ass kicked here and it's okay to uh you know have that wolf mentality wolf pack mentality yeah that the whole team is yes. like we, we had five guys okay. in there no one wants to stand up I for him I don't have to go I don't have to go and stand up to him yeah. by myself but if two or three guys are with me then that's fine that's yeah. okay We we know you're not a fighter or you're not a guy that has yeah. a reputation for you know throwing bombs in a fight it's okay but doing nothing is way worse than what ryan hartman did hartman plays like that though he's a a pain in the ass to me that's it's the perfect scenario if you're the oilers you love what kane did and if you're minnesota you love what hartman did
2: i go back to we had a brawl one time with atlanta versus boston and one of our guys freddie meyer just absolutely hammered lucic and i was on lucic's back and he got up and he sucker punched freddie meyer and like dropped him and i was on his back and i didn't fight lucic and i was like I got lost in the commotion. I'm like, if I do not fight and beat somebody up right now, this is going to look really, really bad on my team in front of my teammates. So I went and I grabbed Andrew Ference, and good thing I ended up, you know, putting a good licking on him because I wanted to be show the hey, I know this happened, but hey, I'm a team guy as well. But it's you know,
1: fighting a guy like Luchic, yeah, that's, it, it that's is tough. the bunting thing yeah. where you're kind of picking your spots a little yeah. bit, right? And you yeah. can, which you know, you're showing that you're willing to push back and but whatever. But yeah. there's a point where I think it's yeah. like, yeah, but I don't actually want to do that and.
0: It's not just the other team watching this. it's yeah. thirty one other teams yep. around the league that also watch games and highlights, and mm-hmm. you know we knew who the bluffers were when we played, <laughs> and you were yes. you're not scared to let them know, yeah so at at some point, yeah, you may have to get your nose in there,
2: yeah. Well, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And getting beat up, like, that's, that happens. Well, and that's not the first yeah. time. Guys get beat up all the time in junior and minor hockey. It's
0: Hello, career ended.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, but I mean. Face first. <laughs> but <you> Puddle see... <laughs> of blood. No, but at the same time, does anyone ever bring that up other than the fact that they respected you for stepping yes. up and
1: answering the bell, 100%. right? No one's ever going to say, oh, Kip, you know, Kip, hey, great job. You stepped up, answered the bell. Hey. Right,
0: one hundred percent.
1: And sometimes you see teammates go in there in a situation where they know they're they're going to lose, and they got your back, and you are like, I, I know you took that beating yeah. yeah. for me, and That's I appreciate for the young that. Young kids, you... it doesn't hurt yeah. when
2: you get beat up; it hurts after. Later, so that yeah. helps. <laughs> no,
0: not much. Is for, for the Leafs? There is really that one game in Winnipeg, yeah. but they haven't had too many of uh, Hartman Kane moments. To me, maybe three or four during the season would help yeah. you yeah. come playoff time. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know. It's just, it's it's not their makeup to see scenarios like last night's involved with the Leafs.
1: I think it's related to what we're talking about with the evolution of the game and skill and the way kids are brought up. I think this is all tied to Troy Terry and to what uh, Zegris and how they don't think this stuff is part of the game and they haven't yeah. seen it as much. And it's just a different... Generation Go play down in
2: Rochester against yeah. Syracuse and bingo. Go play there a couple <laughs> games. We'll find out real
1: quick how it is. And one team's and... missing the playoffs
0: and one scared to death they're going to get knocked out again in the first round.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, uh, it is interesting to know how much a, a part of the NHL it's going to stay. And I do think it's not, it's not going away entirely. It's a physical sport. It's an intimidation well, sport. Like, it's always going to be a small Zerus part. Was
0: reminded of that. Wasn't he? Well, by... By everybody?
1: I yes and but not everyone. There's a lot of people well, who think Zegris is right. This is the way this I know stuff they is think, old but, news.
0: But there was no he called for the league to step in and make suspensions. That never happened. Uh no support mm-hmm. for Zeigris from his own organization. Uh the, no coaches, no players stood up and said, "I'm with Trevor Zeigris on this." That can't happen. That was super embarrassing. I'm shocked that the league isn't doing anything about did anybody say that
1: Did nothing happen there's nothing that's not a bigger beagle? story yeah uh, you know <laughs> <thing>. did beagle <laughs> not get suspended for that right. nothing happened there
0: right like where where is that from from
2: but they got good veterans over there and i guarantee you get probably pulled them aside and said hey kid like this Verbeek. is the
1: way that things work and i don't know and I, see, Pat I don't Verbeek. i don't agree and with that, that. that was done I don't think that Zeger said it. I th- I think it was a little bit. It was excessive. I don't know if it was embarrassing, but it was a bit down five nothing. He was very... He's punching a guy who's not fighting
2: him. I don't know. Yeah. You know well, I, it? From my understanding, and I and I sort of got the inside scoop was you know they they thought that uh, what's his name was hurt really really bad.
1: Terry Terry, Terry was hurt yeah. really
2: really bad where like you know broken orbital bone. So they were after stuck, the game. That's they were why stuck in all... the emotion of that. Yeah. So that's so. Given that when your teammates hurt, you really want to go to bat for him and. You know, but again, I'm waiting for the rematch, whenever that may be. Right, the twenty
1: thirty fifth of February. <laughs> yeah, it may be then, literally. That for me,
0: do we Vegas uh, done enough for you to convince them? Not only are they going to get into the playoffs, but they could be uh, dangerous. Say, well,
2: Stone's back. right? Stone's back, so that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but is Leonard the guy?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm looking at that overtime goal last night and. It wasn't an amazing move that they did, and he just sort of flopped down. He just looks a little bit tired, and I just go back to did they make the right decisions on personnel and trading away guys and trading away guys with uh, with high social equitable equity, uh, equity in the league, and sometimes that comes back to, to bite you. So right? we were talking, Fleury, did, did they make the right Schmidt, decision? I don't think so. I don't think so. I yeah. don't think so, and I know the cap hit, and they were probably gearing up to you know, figure out their cap situation, but... I think they they picked the wrong guy, but they were invested in Leonard because he had the term. But find a way to move some other parts out. But, you know, for me, if they don't make the playoffs now and they're struggling and they're going to be trading some more veterans, it's going to be tough to draw some guys over there uh, in the coming year just based on, you know, you're trying to win every single year and you're sparing no expense. Some guys need a little bit more security and they want to know that they're there for the long haul. So they should have kept Fleur, I think.
1: They're in tight. I, um, you know, we talk about The old bet at the end of the show. Vegas right now is uh, plus 120. So they're to make the playoffs. So they're, Vegas, the actual odds maker, sees them as less likely to make the playoffs, more likely to miss the playoffs. Uh, I actually just wrote an article that's on sportsnet.ca now on Vegas's chances heading into the, uh, of getting in. And they are, they're up against it, but they've been really badly hurt. I didn't realize how badly hurt they'd been this year. I looked into like man games lost and all that. They've missed the most man games in the NHL with the best players. This is the first time they'll have Pacioretty, Stone, Leonard, Martinez. Like, they got their squad here. If they get in, they could do. So have you written off the Canucks? Well, there it is. Have you... yes. They, they've got a 9% yeah. chance of making the playoffs. But you win to... two games, what does it go into? It goes to yeah. now 17. They win another game, yeah. right? So, those, so who's,
0: those who's most vulnerable? The in the West, the Kings, L. A. Kings.
2: I know they got the win last night. Do
0: they not have a fairly decent schedule now?
1: Softest schedule in the league. They have. Yes. They play nobody down the stretch. They play the King, They play Colorado tonight, and then they don't play Columbus, another playoff team. Anaheim, the rest of the year. Chicago, Anaheim, Seattle. Oh, the,
0: those are dangerous games, right? Just uh, ask the true. Leafs.
1: Yeah, true. There is that element of like, hey, these teams are no good. But LA's got a much softer schedule. Uh, Nashville, who is 96% chance of getting in, has uh, the best teams in the league. Calgary, Colorado, Calgary again. Um, yeah, they, they, they've got the, the most brutal schedule. Dallas has a pretty tough one. The Oil- Here's one thing. The Oilers in Vegas play head-to-head. You know, that could get tight too. So Oilers not out of the woods just yet. But quite, like- quite likely out of the woods one nothing Dallas. Over Tampa Bay. <laughs> okay. what, Five minutes left they scored. What, what, what it was? What, I didn't even yeah. see the highlights. Hits, what happened to yeah. all that offense? <laughs> I don't know. Tampa, Tampa now,
2: it, I mean. Running on fumes. Right. That's what uh, an executive told me. They're running on fumes. Just trying to get in and then find it like once even more. Vasilevsky does not. like. There's some of those goals going in. I'm like, that didn't go in before. Right. Uh. right.
0: Leaf fans are just running now to play them in the first round. Which yeah. <laughs> Sammy, you okay with that? Sure. I just just start the playoffs, boys. Don't care who it is. It's just too late in the season. And and we we gotta figure out the standings for Brett Hall.
1: <laughs> Hall's on the show. He goes, it takes a magician to figure out who's going to make the playoffs. Well. So stupid overtime,
0: <laughs> lost columns. and Yeah, re- regulation wins up. is
1: the first tiebreaker. And I don't know that they ever, like, go real public when they make those changes. But regulation wins is the first tiebreaker now.
0: Stewie, thanks for your time, man. We really appreciate yeah, it. Great insight. In. Yeah, thanks a lot. Goalius, go. All right. And our thanks to Brett Hall, Hall of Famer. Great insight on what Austin Matthews is going through. To all of you watching and listening on our YouTube channel, thanks. Really appreciate the support. And on our podcast, about a rating and review? Let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve Sammy's take on the Leafs. (laughs) We're back tomorrow.